You're listening to The Boz Show, the socially conscious podcast for leaders. Sophia, welcome to The Boz Show. How are you doing? Hi, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Awesome. I'm glad you're able to make it. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's almost the end of the year, so it's uh, probably a busy time for you. Yes, it is. <laughs> So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you are, you know, uh, the Global Goal Ambassador uh, for uh, the, the final SDG, which is Partnership uh, partnership for Goals. Is that correct? Yes, the Global Partnership for Sustainability Development. Um, I'm the Goals Gold um, Ambassador. Um, basically, I'm in charge of making sure that I connect partners to be able to sustain to help um, small, like more like low income countries, underdeveloped countries, just basically forming partnerships. Awesome. Well, before we go into that, let's uh, learn a little bit about yourself. Tell me about your journey and what brought you here and, um, you know, your education, your upbringing, everything. Um, well, I'm basically a philanthropist. Um, my education was um, had a lot to do with my upbringing because of business and law and growing up in a, as a first generation American, I had learned a lot of different things. I had a lot of exposure to different areas of like issues do, dealing with human rights. So um, from an early age, I always knew about politics. I started learning about politics. My, my parents are quite older. And being from being the fact that they came from an underdeveloped country, because my parents are from Haiti, mm-hmm. and I had to learn a lot of different things. So that uh, intrigued me of wanting to be able to advocate for education, global poverty, and different things. And that would let me to study in political science, because I know how like the system works and how much um, influence that a government has mm-hmm. to make changes. And then while in, as a poli sci major in undergrad, I started learning more about international affairs mm-hmm. and when I started learning more about international affairs that would let me I was like okay I like the United Nations I like what the United States stands for it's about human rights it's something that I'm passionate about but I also knew I was passionate about law but I also knew I wanted to be able to do more of international relations stuff so I started studying and learning about global affairs and human security because I wanted to focus trans- mostly on that and it referred to me to wanting to become a better negotiator and conflict resolution and solver solving complex problems because the more and more I was studying I would learn about total different areas that I had no um, understanding about and I was like I got to continuously to learn about that mm-hmm. which eventually led me to wanting to do more transactional work mm-hmm. but mostly I knew I still wanted to do more of like um human rights aspect of work so that will let me to wanting to do um work as a um, global goal ambassador because I love everything that the United Nations stands for for wanting to be able to help everyone and the basic human rights needs mm-hmm. so when you when you when you say human rights how do you approach this conversation of human rights I know it means a lot of different things to different people and you know, often it's it's a difficult term for people to define, right? I think some people, you know, they they make anything human rights, and some things they don't make human rights, right? You know, some people will say, um, you know, not not to get into the whole vaccine debate, right? You'll have some people that just come out and say, you know, I it's my human right to uh, to you know do whatever I want, right? I don't have to wear a mask or whatever, uh, but I you know am costing someone else's life. So how do you approach the conversation of human rights and, and where does it really begin? Um, it depends because it can begin begins anywhere because human rights is everything. When you think about it, like even with the whole pandemic and the whole global health issue, that is, yes, it's the individual's right, but it's also someone else's right to want to protect everyone around you. So human rights can be anything, you know, it's the basic human needs, you know, like from things from violation of housing, when there's things of violation of health, like right now we're in the middle of a pandemic, that's a global health pandemic issue because it's a human rights violation for the overall health of the human, uh, of human society. And then you have legal entities and businesses and different things from 
corporate social responsibility. So human rights, everything. It's not one way that it can start because it starts from the moment that we entered this earth. So it's global, you know, it's not just one dimensional. It's just like we have a responsibility as humans to care for the next one. So human rights, everything, whether it's health, whether it's education, whether it's housing, whether it's corporate sustainability, whether it's um, just everything, you know, it's just everything, you know, it's just no one way to attack it. It's just so much. You know, it's, it's not broad. It's so big, you know? Yeah. So how, how do you approach this conversation? Because you just highlighted like, you know, probably like 30 different areas and it's such a <laughs> huge area. I mean, it's such a huge area to jump into. So how do you engage the conversation and, and where do you really for, begin? For me, I engage it from more of a business and legal standpoint. But when I'm having a conversation, depending on whom I'm having a conversation with, I always um, le- um, tailor it back to it's just your basic care for humanity as a human being. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just simply caring about something else outside of yourself so when you think of human rights you got to think about the poverty you got to think about the businesses you got to think about the earth you got to think about everything so I always just approach it from the standpoint of just basically caring you know just caring what's the incentive for businesses to care uh Um, you know besides people want to be good people but at the end of the day businesses want to do what's best for their business and they'll do some nice things here and there but what makes them really care about human rights as a whole because um, businesses play a huge role in the society that we live in and they contribute to a lot of the different aspects. So when businesses care about the society, they make things happen, you know, because mm-hmm. they create jobs, they do different things. Like, yes, government plays a role, but when you have corporations to step in to care about humanity as a whole and say, hey, we'll take responsibility. It, the resources that they have, it moves propel everything faster than if it was just depending on the government to do it. Because the government moves really slow and they have to go to different to different bureaucracy, but the business leaders of our world, they contribute to the greater mm-hmm. of society. So businesses caring makes a huge difference in our world, which leads to different policies, which leads to different ethical um, standards. So it makes a difference when business step in because they, they're creators of jobs, you know? So when you engage the business, you're basically engaging them almost as if you're engaging a political entity, right? You're negotiating, you're going back and forth, you're working on their policies. Yes, basically. Interesting. And what's their, so what is their interest as far as uh, to want to listen? I know that, you know, you mentioned all the things about helping society, but when it comes to the bottom line, do they need to respond to average people or do they need, I mean, you know, the government has to listen, but why do businesses have to listen? Because businesses have way more power than the average person and business contribute to our society as a whole, because whatever they do, like for instance, when the global um, economy in 2008 in the mountain, the market crash, it contributed to everyone. It didn't just affect the business, it affected the whole country and which affect the whole, the rest of the society. So businesses play a role and actually their, their, their decision and their role is the bigger than the government, you know, because they contribute to so much of the things that needs to happen. Like right now with businesses, like when you think about vaccine, you don't think of, um, um, of um, health providers as um, businesses, but there are businesses like when the pharmaceutical companies are giving you vaccines and different things, they're contributing to us as a society because where are these vaccines coming from? They're coming from the vac- um, the pharmaceutical company. And if you're not taking a um, vaccine, some people are not able to go to work, policies are being changed, different things. Those are human rights. So it plays a big role. So businesses do matter. Like when you think of hospitals, they're businesses. You know, when you think of different things, those are businesses. They're not individuals. They're even though businesses are considered individuals under the Delaware state, but still they are contributing to society as a whole. Like right now, as I'm speaking, 
businesses are contributing to the society just by the vaccine right now. Like you hear in the news are constantly different. So people are debating between should I take the vaccine or should I take the vaccine? It violate my rights. It's different things. Mm-hmm. This is changing society as we know it, you know, and we have robots. We have people who don't have um, jobs because of the vaccine, you know, and people who are getting jobs because of taking the vaccine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's and when the when the world when the world shut down and everyone had to think about the businesses shut down. You know, in the world, and when the businesses shut down, that's when the country really shut down. Like when the government has shut down, the world didn't stop. But yeah. when businesses shut down, the world completely stopped. <laughs> how, how do you navigate corporate interests in your partnership meetings? For example, you have governments that have an interest and you have corporations that have a certain interest. How do you navigate this idea of building partnerships that benefit the government and benefit the business entities, but not, uh, you know, overtly helping the businesses basically increase their own financial revenue and their own overall interest as a corporation? Um, basically, I just make, make, make sure that I um, connect it to each, everything, just relating to them that how important their role in society and not only that, but how I contribute to the over, um, the overall economy, you know, because the economy plays a huge role in the society that we live in. Because without a functioning economy, we can't move forward in anything else, you know. And we're seeing that today. I don't know, like, if you were around in 2008 when the the market crashed, that played a role into other entities in people's lives, from people losing their homes, from folks being not able to pay for um, not being employed, and different things. So you want to explain those things because it doesn't just hit the company; it hits everyone, and the company plays a role in how they they are able to. Have have corporate social responsibility towards the ones without, you know, and, and it makes yeah. it um, helpful um, to be able to use their resources. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying there with the corporate social responsibility, but I guess my concern or my question is, how do you know the businesses is going to look out and promote the things that benefit society and not the corporation first? So um, for example, they might, you know, promote something that they know will benefit them, uh, over others because you know they, they they see the revenue and the benefits for their companies. But if you look closely, every corporation, every department has a um, corporate social responsibility department that tailors to these different things. They with the even like within law firms, they have SEGs, um, sustainable development goals, um, practice groups. You know, they have things. They have pro bono groups. They have different things. So they do have people who are doing their job and doing uh, who are being held accountable. And you do have folks who are reaching out to legislators, you do have folks that are reaching out to international um, government agencies such as the United Nations and different things. And they follow up, they have these reports, they have researchers, they have um, PhD students that they hire, they have lawyers that they hire, they have um, political um, influences that they hire to do different things. So they they do their role, they, they play their parts. And you can see the reports and you can see the the, um, the different things that they do. Sometimes they do it indirectly and sometimes they do it directly. Like right now, I work at a nonprofit organization and plenty of those corporate um, attorneys, they're contributing to entrepreneurs in the city that is helping sustain the country you know so it, it it plays a role you know it helps with community development it helps with different resources like through programs to have to, to different things they, they are contributing you know that's a powerful point i think that's something that uh, we need to dig deeper i do think there's a lot of concern just in the public as a whole right i mean just yes but if you look closely they, there's a lot of programs that um are able to function or due to these corporations giving donations or due to these corporations allowing their workers to use the skill sets that they have to go back out into the communities they play an important role as stakeholders and they're they're sitting down they're meeting with these um different entities even though they're not in the same path but they do play their role in making sure that we can move things forward for the betterment of human society you know i i, I can't sit here and say like oh corporations are so 
bad that they're doing do their part. They do a lot, you know, they do a lot. You just have to dig deeper into each corporations and see what their um, focus on. If it's education, if it's human rights, it, it depends on where they stand, you know, each yeah. have their different values. So, uh, so I guess the question is, you know, there's this whole idea of, you know, companies having a conscious and, you know, their corporations that really are trying to be more socially conscious. Do you believe that there's actually a, an entity called like conscious capitalism, for example, is there an entity, like, can you have for-profit driven corporations that are really about the money, but also very conscious about society? Absolutely. Because we see it all the time. We see it from major corporations, whether it's JP Morgan, whether it's law firms, whether it's different things, they have profits that they make. Without the profits that they make, they wouldn't be able to fund certain resources. Like right now, I'm a huge advocate for lupus and American Cancer Society for breast cancer and different things. And even for um, childhood um, um, cancer, there is, is these corporations that are funding to keep these organizations sometimes running. And that plays a huge impact. Without the resources, how would they be able to um, make those conscious decisions to be able to um, standpoint and do different things for society? Yes, they might make profit from some certain things but they contribute a lot to society because you can't just base everything based on the donations small donations and people who don't have it in government because they fluctuate but when it's the government when it's a business that's contributing it's consistent you know mm -hmm. you know the revenue is going to come in you know those people are going to be there so it's consistent changes that they're making into society by a greater um by a greater um amount but without getting the recognition, because a lot of these corporations, they do a lot, but they mm -hmm. don't get the recognition that they want because they're not advocating it or promoting it. Like for instance, like with the American Cancer Society, there's a childhood cancer department and there's a lot of corporations that do contribute to that department. And most folks don't even know about it because when you think of cancer, you always think of breast cancer. You always think of, you always think of other things, but you don't think about children having cancer, you know? Mm -hmm. Someone has to fund that, you know? Yeah, that's a powerful point. I mean, I think the long-term sustainable support for nonprofits and just these different causes is important. And, you know, at the end of the day, donations is not going to cut it, right? Having long-term corporate investments is something that's, it's really key. And I think, um, I think it's very difficult for people to really understand how these things overlap and how these uh, exchanges happen. Um, but without it, I mean, a lot of charity, a lot of good work would not, would just cease to exist. Exactly. Um, so tell me a little bit about your idea of legal rights and human rights. I know in your bio, I read something very briefly about uh, a broad strategy to establish legal rights to uh, uh, ensure social change. Tell me a little bit about that. Yes, um, what I think about that is basically just helping, helping with vulnerability because so many people don't have the resources. And Sometimes the legal knowledge that you may have, it can help someone, whether it's with a contract, whether it's um, negotiating or whether it's just sustaining the, the, like to make change of the law, because the law hasn't always been set in stone, changes and people will advocate. And so that's where legal knowledge comes in and it plays a role to sustaining and making a huge impact in society. Mm. So, so it's, it's to give people the education and the, and the tools really to understand what their legal rights are. Exactly. Mm. And how does that how does that play in in your in your different spaces when you try to work in these partnerships um, as far as establishing legal rights for the people that are involved in these different uh, initiatives and programs and, and communities? Um, I think there's a lot of conversations about um, how much information we can collect on people. How can we serve them better? The data discussions. So how do what what how does someone establish and ensure that their legal rights are even met? 
Um, first, they will want to ensure that they hire an attorney, but in most cases, most individuals cannot afford those attorneys because they're underserved communities. Mm -hmm. And that's where sometimes you come in and those big corporations that are nice enough to let um, um, you use their attorneys for pro bono, they are able to use the, those skill sets, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and how's, um, how's the process been in your, in, in your work in these different situations to, to establish, you know, providing them the rights and also ensuring change? It's actually been phenomenal because um, usually I would think like, okay, they won't communicate or someone wouldn't talk to you, but coming to find out that the, the amount of individuals that are willing to help and take time out to do this stuff pro bono speaks volume into the type of um, character that they have. And not only that, but the willingness to make a difference in someone else when they're not getting anything back from it, but just doing good work speaks so much difference. Because it, it makes me happy when I see like a small business or an entrepreneur um, have um, a legal issue and we were able to place them or help them or just help somebody just be able to read a contract or just to go over a deal or just to tell them, hey, this is the, um, these are the options that are available to you. You can gain resources from here to do this and to do that to solve a problem that they have. So I think it's been really great. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty powerful. So one of the things that you mentioned in your bio, you have three areas that you focus on, which is business, law, and policy. Tell us about just an average day in your world. How do you navigate these different situations what is it like talking to different stakeholders what are some things on the top of your mind and you know what are you trying to achieve in different settings um on average days just reaching out to them and asking them would they be able to take on these particular matters and then placing them and then negotiating with them and then reaching out to the client and then following it back up with looking at the business what are the business needs and then following it up again with legislators looking at the different policies that they have and then just making sure that the services are provided to keep the um, business running in the city and not only just the city but also advocating on behalf of other individuals to make sure that they're getting the service that they need whether it's from cancer whether it's for lupus research whether it's from um, education. Like right now, recently, um, I was able to um, place uh, to funding for an organization that I have recently been appointed director to get funding to Haitian kids in Haiti to be able to get school supplies. That's amazing to me, you know, and mm. they just sent me the photos and different things They're like, hey, look at all these kids, they got school supplies and different things. And that's because of negotiation. And that's because of advocacy. And that's because of caring about basic human rights that someone else was able to get something done. And despite all the trials and tribulations that are going on in the country, you know, mm. so I, I just basically just sit around and just come up with strategies to talk to people and have conversations with them to solve complex problems, especially legal problems. So you're sort of like the middleman or the middle person in that space, because it's almost as if, you know, maybe someone in Haiti doesn't have access to those different spaces and you're able to negotiate and figure out how to get people um, to almost how to be the bridge builder between these different groups of people that might not even know that they exist and they could serve one another and uh, they could be a relationship. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Um, so my final question to you is, what's your big vision? Like if you had one big goal and big vision that you're trying to achieve, what, what would it be? Um, just to do good work. Just do good work. Do good wherever. Yes. <laughs> I'm a huge advocate in just doing good work because I feel as that um, the purpose that I was put on this world is to make a difference, but it's to do good work, you know, to help other individuals. And at the end of the day, I want to just make a difference. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time, Sophia, and we'll, we'll connect soon. 
Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you. Bye. Join me. All right. Take care. Thank you guys for listening to The Boz Show. Make sure to subscribe, like, comment, and share.